Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. This is the uh, second part of our discussion with Will White. If you haven't listened to the first part, uh, go back and check that out. Um, I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting with Rob. Hello, I'm Rob Hayes, uh, author of, I'm going to go with this one, uh, and I'm not going to tell you which book it is, but look. Ooh, no one escapes the pit. No one escapes the pit. Along the razor's edge. Spoilers. Oh, I see you. <laughs> Ruined it. Uh, Mike. Oh, what? Jesus. Uh, hi. Uh, Michael R. Fletcher, author of Beyond Redemption. Some Blackstone Heart. Stuff. Fuck, whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> oh, and that one. Uh, that one. I love that cover. Ghosts of Tomorrow. Yeah. And Dirk Ashton. I am Dirk Ashton, author of Ghosts of Tomorrow. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> and the Paternus Trilogy and the Cradle Series and uh, Never Die. And we are joined by the life model decoy of Will White, here to come out of his writing cave and talk to us about all things cradle and writing. Will, thank you for jumping back on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, I am definitely the real Will White, 100%. And uh, I'm here with the book that I definitely wrote, Paternus. Uh, (laughs) That's the only reason it's any good. I've changed hats. So we're all all ready to go. That's right. It's definitely (laughs) been a week in real life. Um, I'm, di- I'm dying to know what that picture is in the back. Oh, it's uh, it's, I, I'll, I'll get it. Hey, uh, yeah, I got it. It is uh, it's fan art of Cradle. These are the two main characters. Oh wow! Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to get not to get the glare. But the oh, angle that's here. awesome! It's great. Yeah, very cool. It was yeah. good. It was really good. So a uh, another another fan slash cohort of ours got that uh printed and framed for us and sent it to me so i keep it up on my bedroom wall yeah nice that was not that obviously can you see the rest of the wall is completely blank so that was not arranged for this thing i just keep it up there (laughs) i need to get more 
I need to do what you guys have and keep like all my books up there so that I have a good podcast background. But see, now I feel better. New York Times bestselling author Will White records interview in his bedroom. <laughs> I, am also, I am also in my bedroom. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so is Jed. We, we, we've seen this before. Jed looks like he's really professional. And then if he turns the camera, it's just, it's a mess. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter what's off camera. <laughs> That's what's really going on in the background. But on this That's side, that, it looks all. That was actually his bed, that little orange thing that we saw. He just sort of curls up through there. Yeah, that's it. Like a cat. Um, just, just in a little box there. Um, on the uh, topic of fan art, do you remember when you first received like or saw fan art of your books and, and what you what your reaction was to that? Because I imagine that would have been a pretty cool moment. I do, actually. Yeah, I, I honestly was about to say no. I just assumed that I wouldn't, but I do. Uh so the first, the first fan art I remember getting, and I think there may have been, it's, it's, I, I can't swear to you this was the very first piece of fan art I received, but there was a, it was a Traveler's Gate fan art of the main character, and it was, uh, it was, it was all done, and I actually think it's still the banner, or was the, no, it's not anymore, but it was the banner of the subreddit for a long time, but it's in uh, blue, all blue and black tones and it was the main character with a his mask on and his giant sword off to the side and I was like that's really cool and it was like this really harsh style and I was like wow somebody actually drew something and then the yeah. other one that was very early that uh that really stayed with me was it was somebody who it was like a the brother's family of a friend I had growing up so somebody I technically knew in real life but like really but distantly and the, it was their seven-year-old kid with a cardboard tube sword and a uh, the thing tied around their neck like a cape with their head, head up like a cloak playing House of Blades in their house. Wow. That is so yeah. cool. That's next level. <laughs> yeah, that I was so like, awesome. I, oh man, cosplayer. <laughs> yep. So it was, oh, man, uh, that's how you made it. The New York Times right. is the cosplayers when people get tattoos of like your, your yeah. artwork or your 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 your, line, the, your words yep. on your um words. Yeah, I'm an author. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the first the first fan art I ever got was actually just like late last year, but it was Felix Ortiz and oh wow and Stas Baroden. So I was just like they just post it, you know, you just go to Facebook and you nice. see it. wow. I almost fell out of the chair, but there was, uh, there have been two people have gotten tattoos fairly early on. That wow. was crazy. I've had some people get tattoos of mine and my brother over there off screen has uh, the, the second book of the Cradle series, Soulsmith is dedicated to him. So he got a picture of the logo on the cover. He's on, on his arm. You want to stick your arm right here? Yeah, let's see. Dragon time. Yes. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. That is cool. Oh, that's It'd be sick. better on your forehead, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lack of commitment there. Real lack of commitment. Yeah, he's not, he's not that proud. Visible place. <laughs> um, Will, I'd love to talk more about kind of your writing process and marketing in this episode. So maybe to kick things off, um, what, what do your writing process look like? Are you an outliner? Are you a bit more of a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy? What's your approach to, you know, I, I love outlines and for so long, that was all I wrote. And, uh, that, and so I, I think of myself as an outline person. But the problem is that whenever I get started, it just kind of the outline start, loses its power over me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I do outline, I do outline and, and do all my background as much as possible. And I, the problem is that as I get working, I re-outline, replan and recon. So it's exactly what I do. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's no part of my outline was correct from the very beginning, but it's, yep. it's every new one is correct for this next part of the book that I'm working on. So 
I, uh, I, I don't know how to, where to call that. People are like, are you a planner or a pantser? I don't know. I plan on the up seat of my pants. So uh, <laughs> that's yeah. A replanner. A replanner. That's right. That's yeah. I can't, I, I, I get total brain block if I don't have an outline. I need yeah, to have some idea where I'm going, mm-hmm. but I leave it open so that I can stop when I see it going off the rails. I can stop and take a day or two and re-outline, and then I can dive back in. And I'll have to do that three, four, maybe five times per book. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. So uh, that is that's my writing process. Uh, and then I I work really well with blocks of time. So what I <clears throat> usually do, rather than I don't do anything scheduled. <laughs> I, I'm just not a very regimented person so uh instead so i i've tried to do the you know you wake up at a certain time and you write till it's you know you wake up at it gets started at eight and you write until noon and then you take a break and then you i, I can't i can't do i don't do anything like that so uh what i learned eventually I was if i lock myself away for three days or more at a time three to three days to two weeks is the maximum uh then, and then i just or a cruise. That's I do. That's what I do sometimes. I know. So I, uh, if I lock myself away, so I have nothing else to do for that block of time, and I just write basically. So every time I'm awake, I'm writing. I need a break. I take a break. But then I'm coming right back to writing. Uh, when I do that, that's I'm a lot more productive. So that's what I do. So I tend to write my books that way in in chunks, and just hammer out most of the book in a couple of weeks. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. So you're sort of a, a binge writer in a sense of rather than yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. interesting i don't think we i know Billy on the show Galley writes that way too oh really he's a, he's a binge he's a binge writer yeah well speaking of galleys speaking of galleys yeah speaking of galleys one of the ways that i used to when before the covid times uh i one of the ways i used to get away and get isolated was i, I live in florida so we would get gee, whatever cheap cruises we could find and i would just go on that and uh and lock myself away in a cruise ship and write that's because great. Oh. it was it was a really great isolation there's no there's no phone service there's no and you just kind of uh if you need to go eat you go grab food come right back keep working yep. uh, you wanted you need to reset up in a new, a new place because you need to need to change the scenery fine there's plenty of places on the ship to write yep. so and i didn't know anybody there so i'm just i don't have anything to do but write so that's what i did yeah that's ideal it sounds ideal to me oh it's great yeah it was it was really neat I'm going to try that. So, so did the cut. So as the past year with COVID has kind of screwed that up for you though. Yeah. So what we did there uh, was we tried to find, uh, we looked, we did some research around here and tried to find empty condos or cabins Cabins. away from people or places where I could go that were by myself. So uh, that were cheap and there was enough cheap. Nobody was coming to Orlando tourist wise. So the whole place shut down. Uh, so a lot of these condos and places were open where they would normally be to vacationers and they were cheaper. So I could go and just lock myself in there instead of locking myself in my house and right. Nice. Sweet. Nice. So once L- you love that, love that mug. Ah, thank Is you. It a cradle mug? It's an, it's another cradle mug. Yeah. It's yeah. for the latest book. Oh, love love the, the, latest one book. Hit yeah. the audio hit the New York times. So that's, yep. it's nice. Yep. That, that's the way forwards. Does it taste like <laughs> success every time you take a sip? That's right. What was the what's the way forwards, Rod? I missed part of that. Just just merchandising. It's the way forward. Oh yeah, we're gonna get on that. That's the way. Yeah, <laughs> I've got to get my store up. I, I had a been... store up with t-shirts and stuff early on, but I didn't have enough of a following it, so I just pulled the whole thing down. I'm gonna rebuild it. Have to rebuild. I'm gonna be honest. We don't make any money on the merch. Uh, yeah, I don't think that... anybody does. 
Yeah, it's just to offer fans who want some. It's not yeah. a yeah. Most so, mostly, I want to do it this? just to do signed books because I do get oh, wait, a lot of. Wait, I want to see Rob's. Is that a bookmark? This, yeah, got, this is a gorgeous. leather bookmark, right? And uh, so leather. Nice. Uh, I got this. I got this made up the other day just because I found a website that did leather bookmarks and just thought, oh, that looks oh, that's nice. awesome. I get my own done. Posted it on on Facebook and I immediately had a bunch of people being like, oh, I want that. And I was like, you don't want to know how expensive it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, for a leather bookmark, people would pay. Yeah, something. that's just it. Like when I did actually say how expensive it was, people were still just like, I, I pay it. I want you know, it's, yeah. it's that cool. Is and that uh, you know, for me, I just thought like, why would you pay that? I mean, for me, this means something because it's it's like you know, artwork of one of my characters. But other people paying like fifteen quid for a for a bookmark of my sure. yard just seems. I weird. would. <laughs> if, I, if it's books I like, I would pay that. Yeah. For a, yeah. Yeah. Again, it's surprising what happens when you write a really good book. People tend to enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, when well, he gets get Dirk to write them. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Outsource them. Smart. <laughs> um, so, Will, you've mentioned that you like uh, have a bit of a team that helps you out. I'm curious mm -hmm. at how you kind of, yeah, like manage all of that and like how that benefits you um, in, in your level of focus or, or writing or whatever. And, and I guess from that, like what roles you still do yourself versus like what things you find more efficient to kind of outsource to other people. He writes and drinks coffee. That's right. That's it. That's the, uh, that's the extent of my responsibilities now. So the, uh, the idea was, for, look, at a, at a high level from the very beginning, the, the whole idea was you just don't get a whole lot done by yourself. So it's so um, hard. Exactly. So one of the things that we, uh, that I realized, we realized was there's a lot of accountability to, to a lot of professions that people don't even realize is there. So you're accountable to your coworkers, you're accountable to your clients, you're accountable to whoever, but in what we do, it's, there's a lot where technically long-term you're accountable to your fans, right? Mm -hmm. But short-term you're not accountable to anybody. So it's just, I don't get a lot done unless I build that accountability in. So from a long, at a, at a broad level, I was just like, I need people to get, keep me from flying completely off the rails. I need people to help me finish a book. I need be, I just, I can't do anything by myself, man. So it was, it's what I try to emphasize is in a lot of ways that are hard to quantify, it's really important to have people in your corner. Uh, even if they don't have a, a particular job or role or anything, just helping out. It's, that was a, that was something that, that has been really, that I'm really passionate about and has been a real, real key for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Part of the problem, you know, uh, like when, when we're doing it all by ourselves, the advertising, the marketing, the social media, keeping up the website and all that kind of stuff is that in my case in particular, all of it gets done, either doesn't get done or it gets done half-assed. Yeah, um, it's never done. None of it other than finishing the books ever gets done right. And even at that point, sometimes they're ter terrifically rushed and I need to make corrections and stuff. So what I think people what I think people miss sometimes is so, of course, obviously, in the beginning, I'm wearing all those hats as well. But it's it's the it's finding somebody to do that. So it's like, OK, uh, well, obviously, I can't do the covers myself, so we've got to find somebody to do the covers. Well, am I going to be the only one hunting the covers? No, I, I mean, I was getting friends and family to tell people they know. And then we were looking for graphic designers and we were Googling people and we were going to UCF to see if there was anybody in the art department who might be able to help. We had no money. Uh, so there was uh, there was all of this that was even just 
finding somebody to do this or asking people who, how, what is, what should the, uh, what should I talk about on the blog? What should the website look like? It's, there was a lot of this that, that, that they go, okay, so when did they take over and helping you? I, I don't know, man. They were just, it's my friends and family were part of this from the beginning. They were helping, just helping me out however they could. So that's a, that was a big part of it was just the stuff people don't think about that somebody's got to do. Hmm. And slowly what happened as we, the books continued to succeed and, and is, is we brought people on in an official capacity. Uh, and so that, that's really where, and as we did that, then we started taking things off of me with the ultimate goal being all I have to deal with is the stuff that only I can do. So, and we've really only had that set up for, I mean, basically now it's, uh, it hasn't been long that we've, we've gotten there. So that's been exciting. Yeah. Cause I find it very interesting how particularly recently, right? So you have mm-hmm. Bloodline comes out. It's like number one on Amazon for a couple of days. It's on the New York Times bestseller list. But in the months leading up to it, you were on vacation. Is that right? I was. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, took a, uh, I took a sabbatical for three months. Yeah, that was uh, not something I ever thought I'd be able to do. Did that you write crazy. it while you were on holiday? <laughs> in the best was it written beforehand? Wait, what was what, Rob? Did you write it while you were on holiday or was it written beforehand? It was written beforehand. I did okay. no writing. Well, no work writing uh while i was while i was uh while i was away yeah i uh <clears throat> i <laughs> it's been a it's been a great fantastic eight years but it's also been a lot of work so we we've gotten 18 books out so it, i was like look it's these last few books have been harder and harder to write because of burnout and just i didn't i never took any time to slow down so mm-hmm. what i did i decided i was like look we really know that I needed a break and we were trying to get that going for about a year now <clears throat> and so I finally got one and so we took three months off and it was honestly the hardest thing I did during that three months was figure out what's the most effective and complete way to be totally disconnected and off and restored and that was hard honestly it didn't I didn't realize how long it would take me to stop th- thinking about the books and thinking about the next books and thinking about potential books and thinking about I, I had to really it took me five or six weeks to, to, to keep calm that down. And so the long block of time was really very helpful. That's interesting. Uh, has it helped to, that since you've come back, have you been like, you know, more productive again? You, you know, is the burnout sort of eased? Oh yeah. Yeah. It feels, it feels very different. Uh, my, the people close to me have said I am acting completely different. So that's, that's, that's good. Uh, you, seem, it, you seem very cheery and healthy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. It's all facade. it's so it's it's felt a lot better uh but one of the things that i came back and and i did my first week of of writing i i uh i said uh wow this is still hard work (laughs) yeah uh what did you think it was gonna be i was like no i mean i didn't forget but at the same time i was like i hope most of this is burnout it wasn't most of it is just writing a book is hard but uh, but the, not doing it without the burnout is just it's just that extra mm. little Yoda on your back. So. It's very interesting to me that you have been able to achieve that, and it's awesome that it had that effect of combating that burnout. Because I know I think Rob and and Fletcher, you've you've talked a little bit about this before, like having had a realization where you needed to take a bit of time to step away from it for you guys as well. And then I'd be curious to get back to Will. What made it effective when you were taking those breaks? Like, what were the things that helped you kind of disconnect and 
kind of recenter yourself when you were going through those? Yeah, for me, it was it was really just reading uh, other people's stuff. Um, like when I'm writing, I basically stop reading. I, I can't read while I'm in the writing process. Uh, jumping into a bunch of nonfiction first, kind of to break my brain from fantasy for a while. And then uh, finding the right couple of uh, fantasy books to, to dive into. And, you know, it, it was weird. It was refreshing. Now, it wasn't three months. I think I gave myself 20 minutes. And, but those were really great 20 minutes. Wrote, read eight books. <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> One book every three minutes. What about you, Rob? Yeah, well, I mean, I sort of, I had it earlier this year where I just felt absolutely burned out and like, um, my missus actually said to me, like, you need to take time off. You're, you know, you're about ready to just fall over and die. Um, so I, I, I only took two weeks off. But yeah, basically, I, I switched off by reading different books. So, I, you know, I'm, I mostly write fancy. So I picked up some sci-fi books. I was reading like The Expanse um, and, you know, they're, they're fairly big books. And I was getting through one a week, which is pretty damn good for me. Um, so it was like between that and playing uh, playing computer games, but ones that don't really require that more sort of mechanical. Like uh, there's, there's one called Slay the Spire, which I really quite like, which is like a, a card game, a roguelike card game. <laughs> I love Slay the Spire. It's brilliant. Played Monster Train. It's also really good. Yes, that is my current love. Actually, <laughs> playing it all the time. It's great to just switch my brain off because once you know how it works you don't have to like really go into the mechanics of it your brain just does it automatically and just you know you stop thinking completely it's wonderful will what for you enabled you to really disconnect because you said it took you a couple of weeks to get to that point where you were able to relax was there any particular things in yeah that that really helped that happen was there any habits or anything that got you into that state where you're able to disconnect lots of whiskey that's, that's, it was just i don't remember half of it really what it was yeah. no it uh, <laughs> no it really was uh it was the restrictions on what i was allowed to do so i i had these sort of self-imposed restrictions that uh, I, I needed people to help me with so i had to completely shut shut down social media just had to like on my like i needed to but other people handle it now but i needed to completely disconnect from social media at first i thought okay well i won't do the official social media stuff, but I can do some stuff on my own. Nope, that was too much. And so then I was like, okay, well, I can at least do my private social media and check it, but I can't do it. Nope, couldn't do that. Yep. So uh, I had to completely shut away from that. That was a big part. And then it was at first, for the first four to six weeks, it was just, I was just dead, man. I was just, I was sitting there playing Slave Spire. Uh, or uh, or watching YouTube videos or whatever. I was just just dead. And then after that, the question was, okay, so now how do you go from now that you're not at zero anymore? How do you then get into into the into the black? How do we how do we build up credit? And I, I don't. It was kind of a touch and go sort of feel your way through it situation. Uh, this again. So it, it still quarantine was still going on. So uh, it was a lot of stuff. Okay, there's a lot of stuff I would try or go do if if I could, but uh, instead, so I was finding isolated cabins and that kind of thing, and going and staying there and doing a lot of hiking. And uh, so it was really trying to. Uh, however, I also and I didn't make a specific point of this. I just sort of did it, but I did read a lot, so that that did help too. So I uh, I w- I read. Um, a little more than half of the wandering in, which is basically like yeah. the that's a lot. 
half know, of it a is lot. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we did that. So I did that. That took, that was for the last month. And then before that, I read a lot of manga. I got a, a whole printed collector's box set of one piece and uh, dragon ball. I read through all those. Oh yeah. Uh, so that was fun. Yeah. Nice. See, I'm yeah. a little, dis I'm a little disappointed. I missed the days. Fletcher's the only one I, I know who still, still just goes with the old fashioned booze, cocaine and hookers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everybody's you know, you so, everybody so clean cut, clean cut these days. Nah, you gotta oh, cause trouble. So that's the only um, way you can write. You know, you gotta, you have to live some of what you're writing about. And if that's a little self destructive, then uh, yeah, what you gotta do, you gotta be <laughs> so the be it. You gotta hey, suffer. Is a rock star. Let's be fair. You gotta suffer Fletcher for your craft. is the rock star of this group. Let's be real. He actually made our theme music for the show. Um, so yeah, yeah you can. Uh, remember that every time our opening sting is playing that is fletcher on the metal guitar rocking out all right um yeah i so, forget we have an opening theme because we never yeah hear it on yeah yeah. <laughs> <recorded>. <laughs> yeah it's a added in post thing not always on the youtube but usually on the audio um so we've got about eight minutes or so before we need to wrap this conversation up so can i can i ask two really quick things yeah for sure uh for for folks who are new to to will stuff will how many books are out right now in cradle uh, Cradle has nine books right now. And how many do you plan? Twelve. So 12. what I'm okay. doing right now, it, okay. this is actually what I was doing this week, uh, is I'm planning the next three books together collectively. So I'm treating them like they're a trilogy. They're of course not because there's nine other yeah. books. But I'm uh, I, I that's how I'm that's how I'm planning them out. You're getting close, man. Oh yeah, yeah. One one other question: Dragon Con this year. I'm planning on it. I actually had a scheduling conversation about it last. We got, we got, we got it. We got a room. So. Oh, hey, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah and, I, uh, and, and we're buying year. your dinner this year. Oh, all right. I, I'm looking okay. forward to it. T T10 a possibility? The other little get together? Uh, don't I don't know. It, yeah. It's the July it's timing okay. thing, and it's a yeah, it's but Dragon Con right I, now. I, yeah, so but Dragon so Con, yeah, I think that's far enough away. Okay, cool. All right, Jed. Back to Jed. Sorry. Oh, well, good. Um, I, I know this is way too big a topic to tackle in in the remaining seven minutes that we have, but I was just wondering really briefly if you could kind of outline what your, your marketing process looks like and the things that have been most effective and waste, or, or by contrast, the things that have been waste of time over the years. Um, yeah. yeah. How does you, and maybe to, to preface that, you could maybe, if you don't mind sharing, let us know how many cradle books have been, have been sold in total, because I imagine it's, uh, it's up there somewhere. It's a lot. I don't know it off the top of my head. Okay. One million. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, that's not a, that's not me being secretive. I genuinely, I'm not sure. I, it's, it's whatever I said would be wrong. Uh, but well, let's see. Uh, so fortunately I have a quick answer to the marketing thing, which is I'm not good at marketing. Uh, I've never believed a whole lot in marketing. So uh, I don't do a whole lot of marketing. So what I do that is the stuff that I do that's replicable and I know gets consistent results are just putting the first books in your series up for free. If you're in Kindle, if you're in Kindle select and you can do that, uh, putting your book for free for a while, that always drums up interest in the rest of the series. So that gets people talking about it. It gets the wheels turning that I've always seen uh, positive feedback from that and then releasing a sequel. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and you'd okay yeah. now, now the period when you put that up for free, how long before the release 
of the next book do you do that and how long do you run that? we've been playing with that we've we tried kind of every combination so uh if there's not another book in the series coming out we will just occasionally put the first book up for free just to you know why not right and the if there is another book coming out we try to do it so that the first book in the series is free right before the next book comes out and through the release for so by right before you mean three days a week two weeks i mean like a day or two because you can only oh, put it, you're only allowed to put it up for free for a certain amount of time yeah so if sure. you've got three days you put it up a day before and then so the day of the release and the day after it's free right that kind of thing uh but it's we, we've tried other things we tried making it go free as the next book comes out We've tried doing it leading up to the release. We've tried, and it's like, they all kind of work. I don't know which one's a little bit better than the other. I don't know. So, that, so that's sort of our, what we try to think of is what do people, what, what's, what do people like the most? Yeah. And it seems to be if it's going up just a little, where it covers the release a little bit before, a little bit after. That seems to be what people enjoy the most. So I don't know what, in terms of results, I don't know what's the best. Well, I, then, I, I recall that really, really bold move you guys decided to do for book eight yeah. for the release, and you put all the previous seven books up. Yeah, so we've done, we've made. That's crazy. And that was a big risk, two, but it worked out, right? It did, it did. But we've made two really bold uh, moves in terms of giving stuff away for free. One of them was we gave my, for July 4th, two years ago, uh, 2019. Yeah, uh, we gave all of my books away for free, just all of them, not leading up to a release. We just kind of did it. So we just made all our books free. Uh, that was sort of a complete gamble. So we were going, okay, what we think is this is going to be fun. It's just going to be a fun event that people are going to like, and they're going to talk about it and fans are going to be really happy and people are going to, we just thought it'd be cool. Uh, but we really were going, how much money are we going to lose on this? So that was our, uh, we, we were calculating, okay, how much money are we going to lose? We're projecting this to impact sales for the next two, three months. Uh, and we were going, can we afford to lose that much money? And we've said, I think we can. We got the next book coming out shortly after. Uh, let's, let's try it. And we did it. And as far as we can tell, we didn't lose any money. So you, you make it up uh, for people that aren't familiar. Since, yeah. since Will is in Kindle Unlimited KU, uh, very often you can make up that loss in just KU reads because you still get paid for those, even if the ebook is free. Yeah, we found, which we did not expect, but we found that a lot of people, when the book is, you can you can get it for free to own. A lot of people still just read it in Kindle Unlimited because yeah. to them it's the same. So yeah. uh, we get paid for the Kindle Unlimited reads. The cut doesn't cost them any money. Yeah, and, and if the book's if the book's free, then it gets a lot more um, awareness on Amazon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, pe so more people who may not have seen it see it on KU. So we see that we saw that, and then when the free when the giveaways ended, the books either went right back to normal regular sales rates, or some of them were a little higher. So we lost a little bit, but it wasn't. It was like we ended up basically even before we gave all the books away, which was crazy. So that was way better than we thought it was going to do. And then, of course, you get the positive press of, of having given a bunch of books away, and people people are happy. People people got got the books. So that's that was what that was really our motivation for doing is we thought people would enjoy it. It'd be a cool event. And so then for this latest book coming out, or for I don't remember which book it was for, but for the one of the Cradle releases, we gave away all the previous books in the Cradle series, and that was another one where we were like, look, we think people are going to like this. This is we think people are going to come out of nowhere, new readers who are in the middle of the series are going to get a bunch of these books for free. And they're just going to own them for free before the next book comes out. And we thought, 
hey, that'd be a cool thing to do for them and that they're going to enjoy it. We Are we going to lose money on this? Who knows? Maybe. Uh, and it turns out, I mean, not really. So we get we get more and more confident in if you're doing something that people like, uh, it doesn't hurt you. So yeah. that's, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. and it also proves there are still more readers, no matter how many. That's the other thing is we kept yeah. thinking we were going to hit some sort of cap in readership and that hasn't yeah. happened. So yeah. nice. <laughs> I don't think it. it's ever going to happen. I mean, I, I think like I, I realized that when uh, I, I saw Rhythm of War, uh, like five months before it's yes. released or something, it was number one in like the entire store. Yeah. And yeah. it was there for like a few months or a few weeks. And then like when it released, it was number one again. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm never going to see the bottom. I mean, Sanderson <laughs> yeah. might, I won't. Yeah. If Sanderson and, and White can't, then <laughs> I appreciate can't being either. being put on that on that category. But that's not, a, <laughs> I that's do. not exactly accurate. I do. All right. Well, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Just one quick last question before we go. Will, if you had to give advice to an author who's just starting out today, maybe they're getting ready to publish their first book or maybe they're writing their first book. What advice would you give that person? Don't do it alone and write a really good book. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, write this has the been... book that you write the book that you want to read, right? Well, absolutely. Yeah. Because that's what you did too. Yep. hundred percent. Yep. Sweet. All and right. that's you specifically must write the book that Will White wants to read. You can't write the book <laughs> that you want to read. <laughs> write the book that I want to read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise, everyone write the book. <laughs> Awesome. Um, uh, no, this has been really cool. Thank you so much for coming on, Will. I'm looking forward to reading the rest of Cradle after our conversation. So uh, <laughs> it is uh, extra special to have chatted with you. Um, yeah, thank you everybody for listening. If you want to support the show, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Wizards Warriors Words. And you can get a whole bunch of good perks on there, like um, advanced reader copies of our new books when they're coming out and some other cool tidbits. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. And Will, thank you so much again for coming on. Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe for new episodes every single Monday. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.